Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen of Hemel Hempstead. We wish, as we do once a week, we come out and we declare the Word of God to you. We come and we speak of the way of salvation. We come and we preach the Word of God. The Bible makes very clear, my dear friends, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Indeed, the Bible says the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want to read a little portion of God's Word in Acts chapter 17 with the Apostle Paul in his day, shortly after the death, burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ, the very creator of the world, and yet who is and was God manifest in the flesh. God came and God revealed himself in the flesh. God took to himself bone of our bones, flesh of our flesh, that he might be the substitute of his people, that he might live the life that his people never lived, and that his people should die that death. He took their place. We want to read these words from Acts chapter 17. Paul, the apostle, is in Athens, in Greece, and he sees there a multitude of idols, images. Those idols dedicated to the various so-called gods of this world. And then he said this, For I, as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Now on this rainy afternoon, I know it's raining, Perhaps you can take shelter underneath the shops here, but maybe just take a little time to consider these things. The Apostle Paul here is declaring the unknown God. He says in this chapter, he sees that they are very superstitious. They were uncertain about things, and they followed many traditions. People have superstitions. People will not walk underneath the ladder or something like that. They say, well, it's bad luck. And here was an idol, an image made known to the unknown God. Man just trying to cover his bases. There were idols, images made to so-called gods. Don't exist. There is one God, the Bible says. God who made the heavens and the earth. And God has not left things to chance. Indeed, the Bible tells us that God has revealed himself by the things that he has created. The heavens and the earth declare the glory of God. Day unto day, night unto night, they are to speak. Creation has a voice, as it were. It speaks of the created God, God speaks by his handiwork that he is 
infinite in power, wisdom and knowledge. And to put it more succinctly, God proves his power in the Lord Jesus, who is very God, by the things that he did, by the things that he spoke. Jesus Christ could call people from the dead to life because he is God who gives life to all men. He has the power, the power to raise the dead from the grave, to heal the sick, the blind, the deaf. Jesus Christ is very God. And yet men, we're told in the Bible, have made many inventions of God. Why? Well, to cover their bases. Uh, to, I suppose, appease a guilty conscience. You see people offering up things to an idol that they know nothing about. What is a stick? What is a stone? People have even made gods out of cows. How can a cow be a god? A cow that you eat? Uh, animals people have made an image of God. Paul tells us this in Romans chapter 1, how the four-footed beasts, men bow down and worship. What foolishness, what ignorance. We, who are the very pinnacle of creation, man, created in God's image. How foolish it is to bow down uh, to a bovine beast, to a creature, and to call it God. But many have made other things to be God. They've made themselves to be God. Everything else but the true and living God, man, one way or another, has bowed down to. And this is the great crime, my friends, of all humanity, that men reject the living God who made heaven and earth, the God with whom we have to do, the God in whose image we are made, God's laws, who we have abrogated, God's laws, who all of those laws we have broken. And man shall have to give an account to such a God. The Apostle Paul says to these so-called wise men on Mars Hill in Athens, all those centuries ago, I want to declare to you this God, the unknown God, the God that you do not know about. This is the God of all things. There is only one God. My friends, this God is a holy God, first of all. God is so holy that he could not tolerate sin. That's why he sent his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, into this world. The Bible says, He who had no sin, who was holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners. Jesus Christ, without sin, was sent into this world. And he lived a sinless life, came under the law of God, and gave his life, the Bible says, as a ransom for many. Oh, my dear friends, this is the unknown God, the God who men don't want to know. You see, people don't want to know this God because he is a God that requires obedience. And the Bible tells us that we have not obeyed, that we have not submitted ourselves to him, but rather we have gone our own way. We have lived how we want. But my friend, there will come a day 
when you and I will stand before him. And if we do not have the Lord Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we will be condemned and damned forever. That is the solemn teaching of God's holy word this afternoon. And this is why we declare to you this way of salvation that is only through the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. This unknown God sent his Son into the world. Men don't want to know him firstly because he is holy and because he is separate from sinners in the sense that he cannot countenance sin, the sight of it, and he must judge sin. But my friends, the unknown God, because he is only revealed in the Word. People have an imagination what they like to conceive about God. But God cannot be conceived apart from his revelation. And he has revealed himself in the Word of God. In fact, uh, for millennia he revealed himself in the Old Testament through the sacrifices, through those various means that man's sin cannot be atoned for apart from shed blood. And those sacrifices were all pointing to Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who would shed his blood, who would meet divine justice in his body, who would suffer, the Bible says, the just for the unjust, that he would bring sinners to himself. Oh, my friends, this is the way, the truth, and the life. The unknown God reveals himself today. He may be found. God says, seek the Lord while he may be found. And I tell you, friend, he may be found in the Scriptures. And he may be found as you come along and hear the Word of God this coming Sunday. We call it the Lord's Day. We meet this Sunday at Nash Mills Village Hall, that's where we meet as a church, Bethel Reformed Baptist Church, and uh, you'd receive a very warm welcome. I'm sorry it's so wet this afternoon, I make no excuse for the weather, but the Lord has sent it, and he sends the sun, the rain, we know all these things are from God, and time is short. Every day that he gives you, even this moment in time now, is short. How important is this message? Well, it's so important that because it's raining, I don't care. I trust that you see the importance of this message because without the Lord, my friend, you will perish. You will go to a lost eternity. The Bible says there's no other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. I don't know how long you have to live. I don't know how long I have to live. I don't know when my last message might be. But the Bible says time is short. The time is short. And the Bible tells us that these are the last days. We're living in the final epoch where the Lord Jesus Christ could come suddenly upon the clouds of glory. And the Bible says Every eye will see him. Everyone will see him. All men will come from the graves. This is the unknown God. But he may be found, my friend. He may be sought. 
He may be sought by sinners. Another reason why he is unknown is people think that, of course, in their minds, that God is like them. That he is very different, friend. He must come. You must come. If you come to him, you must seek him as a penitent sinner, as one who has sinned. He cannot be known apart from his son. You don't come with your so-called righteousness. The Bible says even our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. My friends, you come as a sinner, pleading only the Lord Jesus Christ. Not your good works. We've all sinned. We've all come short of God's requirements. There's no hope in man. God says, look unto me and be ye saved. We have to look to his mercy. We don't look to our acts. We don't look to our good works. We have nothing to commend ourselves. All we have is our sin and we come and we ask for mercy. And that mercy is through his Son. But we don't come clinging to our sin. The Bible says, if we cover our sin, we shall not prosper. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. But whosoever confesses and forsakes their sin shall have mercy. This is why God cannot be known. If you live in your sin, if you persist in it, if you pursue a life holding on to sin and do not turn from it and do not seek the Lord, you cannot have heaven, my friend, and have God. It's an impossibility. Heaven is a place without sin. This is why sinners must come to the Savior to change hearts, to change lives, to convert souls. My friend, God cannot walk with sinners. God cannot walk with a sinful heart that persists in its sin. A man must forsake his ways. A man must deny himself. Of course, God gives the power to do such. When sinners repent, they make a happy discovery. It is God that made them to repent. It is God that made them to believe. God has his sheep in this world. And Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I come to them and give them eternal life. Oh, my friend, would you seek the Lord today? Our days are so few. We must seek the Lord now. Now is the time. You must seek the Lord. It's a solemn day, my friend. You know, God will not be mocked. I hear often people pass by muttering, be quiet. But God, one day, friends, will silence your mouth. Every mouth shall be silenced and we will be trembling if we're without Christ. This is the unknown God. And we're told in this very chapter that God has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by his Son. And he has given assurance of this, we read, by raising him that is Christ who was put to death for the sins of his people, but put to death by the hands of wicked men, God will judge every man one day. 
and every eye will see him. What a solemn day that will be. Maybe you have been somebody that has been guilty of taking that very name of the Lord Jesus Christ to your lips and using it as a swear word. You will see him and you will bow before him. Best bow before him now as a sinner repenting of your sin and finding mercy in his precious name. This unknown God, my friend, may be known only through Jesus Christ. He said, I have revealed the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father's. He said to his disciples, he reveals the very character, the nature of Almighty God. Seek the Lord today, friend. I would invite you to please take a tract. I'll be under the shelter here for a little while. While it's raining, I'll be giving out some tracts and I'll be delighted to tell you more about the way of salvation and about the Lord Jesus Christ who is the way, the truth and the life. I'd be delighted to tell you about him and we'll invite you to the church this coming Sunday, the Lord's Day. We meet at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. on the corner of Lower Road and Red Lion Lane. And we'd be glad to see you and receive a very warm welcome. Do have a good afternoon. Please come and take a tract and we'd be glad to tell you more. Thank you for listening.